Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Kelly Clarkson is back on TV, on The Voice, and I had a chance to talk to her yesterday about returning to the world of reality television after many years of absence, as well as her excellent new album. Here's some of what she had to say. I will not make the same mistakes that you did. You've come so far since Idol, obviously, and it's been so many years. Everyone was asking you about, you know, why did you choose the voice over Idol? But my question really is, why did you go back on TV at all? And what doubts, if any, did you have about, you know, sort of entering this world again after, you know, having a, a very different kind of career for all these years? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'd love to say that there was a ton of thought about that, but um, <laughs> but there really wasn't. I mean, honestly, I've kind of been the kid... The one thing that hasn't changed about me um, is I've always done what I feel like my gut tells me to do, like I want to do, like regardless if it's a thing that management or my label is like into or not, like I've always just kind of been like, you know, I have one life and like, I, you know, I'm not afraid of if all of this goes away and I really just want to do what I want to do, like uh, and what I love and what kind of speaks to me in the moment. And, um, and you know, this was kind of a no-brainer, I mean, because – my husband also manages Blake Shelton, so, you know, we split our time um, with, you know, our family and when he's out there with him or on the road with him, and and uh, it kind of made sense. Like, we could all be in one place. I'd get to, like, work with, you know, kind of pay it forward with people that were once me, um, <laughs> and I really do love the show. Um, I've loved it before it even aired um, because we're managed by the same company. I heard about the show before it even aired, and I thought, oh, those blinds, that is so interesting. Um and I love that, that it's not about aesthetic or favoritism or anything, and um, um, or aesthetics, rather, plural. Um, but I, I love that it's just about pure talent. And I think that's kind of what I represent in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Nobody comes to see my wardrobe changes or mm. me dance or do anything else. You know, people come just really because of my voice, generally. So um, I thought it was kind of, you know, a, a telling thing for me personally, too, to be a part of something that... I feel like it's kind of my thing in the industry. Um, you know, there's a few of us that are, you know, purely known, I think, just for, you know, being entertainers, but more in the sense of being vocalists. So I think it, you know, kind of was a really good fit for me. It sort of says something weird about the music industry right now that it can be unique to be known as a singer. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess you can look back at different decades and say that as well. I just, you know, I, I, I do think in some sense, you know, the song was correct. Um, you know, video killed the radio star. I think in some sense, um, I like all forms of entertainment. So it's not like somebody has to be the most amazing singer in the world to impress me. Um, you know, there's, there's room for all different, you know, kinds of things going on. But, but I mean, I, I will say, you know, maybe some of the people we grew up in love and are influenced by wouldn't make it in this aesthetically driven um, you know, popularity contests constantly happening. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody even saw people back in the day. They were just on the radio, and then you were lucky if you saw them at some kind of um, event in your city, you know, when people would tour back in the day without cell phones and all that. Like so, um, you know, it was just, it's just a different time. So um, I think that's why it, it does so well um, as well, the show, like why it's the number one rated show is because it's, it's about that. I think people really get into that. You're coaching these young singers. Have you thought about what you would tell? It's kind of a big question, but what you would tell a, a young Kelly Clarkson if you could? Uh, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I, I get asked that question, and um, until the other day, did I even think of the 
answer. <laughs> I get asked that question a lot, and I always am like, uh, you know, I make a joke, and I'm like, run. <laughs> um, but um, obviously, every joke has some seriousness to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I think I would tell myself to not focus, you know, let go of, you know, any kind of egocentric, you know, vibe that you have or any kind of pride that you have because once you step into the light and everyone's, you know, the spotlight and everyone's watching, you know, you've just got to own that sometimes people, you don't focus on the people that are always like, oh, I can't stand you. Focus on the ones that do love you and that's the they're the people that come to your shows, they're the people that buy your records, they're the reason why you have a career, like, you know, so it's more of like, don't get in your own way. Um, I think that sometimes it's really hard for any human um, to, you know, hear criticism. So it's just a constant wave of it, you know. And and I think the best advice maybe I could give myself is just to say, you know what, just let it go. That, like, not everybody's going to thank you poo roses and <laughs> and just and just own the fact that, like, you're doing what you love. And a lot of people don't get to do it and be grateful and um, – and just, you know, get out of your own way because not everybody's going to – and I think I did have a little bit of that coming from a small town because everybody always has something to say about your religion, your words, your mm. songs, your outfits, your everything. So I had a little bit of that already growing up um, coming from a very small town. But um, but I think that that's maybe the best advice you can give anyone is not to let your ego drive you that you're not going to win everyone over. Um, you know, and it's just not possible because some people just like like something else and some people just like to be miserable and hateful, you know. You have uh, a really excellent new album, new-ish album, uh, Meaning Thank of you. Life. Yeah. and uh, Second it, single. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say new. <laughs> and incredibly, it's your first album on a new label after being in a record deal that started with American Idol all those years ago. And there's a couple yeah. things. I mean, you know, you're dealing with these artists now and they could end up in a deal like you did for all these years. So I mean, yeah, I'm very honest about that. Yeah. So that, and that's, I think, yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things though, it, it, regardless if you talk to someone from a TV show or just a first record deal, you know, I, I don't think that's, you know, my own story. I think that's a lot of people's story that I've talked to in the industry, regardless of how you get in, you know, whatever your door is, um, you know, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, you know, think you sign up with people, you know, I, I obviously, mine was more of an arranged marriage, but, but even people that choose people to sign up with, you know, sometimes you think you know people and then all of a sudden it's like, oh God, you know, like, and, and you don't have anything in common and they just want you to do what hits and, and aren't really concerned with who you are and don't really bother knowing or investing in it. And I think that that's a lot of people's story, um, not just mine. Um, so I, you know, and I, I'm very honest with, um, not only my team, but any person I see, um, on, you know, the voice or any person that comes up to me in target, like, (laughs) you know, if, if they're wanting to be a singer, like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, um, at all. And it, and it's hard to, you know, you've got to end up making decisions and I've suffered for them. Like I make them because I feel like it's the best decision for me and, you know, People sit on my projects. They try and blackmail me. They try and you know, there's you. You really do have to put your foot down at some point, though, and go. This is I have one life, and I don't want to live it like this. Like, and it's cool if you feel like I'm just 
my ship is sinking, but I just want to make sure I'm, you know, at the helm. Like, I just want to make sure, like, if I'm going down, it's because of myself, like, not because uh, I tried to hmm. do everything I could to, like, fit in or do what people thought would sell or, you know, that's been happening since the beginning, you know, even what I'm wearing or photo shoots and we want you to break this beer bottle and slip off the camera. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> I'm like, why? why would I do that? Like, I'm not no, like, what? One, I don't drink beer. And two, like, you didn't piss me off. Like, what? why would I do that? Like, so it's, it's just like, you know, people, they, they think that everyone has this image of like what a rock star should look like, what a hip hop artist should look like, what a pop artist should be like. And it's like, why don't you just, you know what? I am a pop singer and this is who I am. And it might not fit with the norm, but it's my norm. And, and if I am a pop star, then this is what a pop star is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, what, who made the definition? Like, mm. you know, so it's, um, it, it's just a, it's a hard road and I, I'm not, I don't guise that for anyone I meet um, or anyone on my team. And, and it's, and it's really about, you know, what, what are you willing to, to, you know, bending is okay, but breaking isn't, you know, yeah. uh, compromising is okay, but compromising who you are as a human is not, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people, unfortunately, in this industry make poor decisions they just go along with what everybody says because they think it'll make them famous and they think they'll they want hits and it's like that's transparent at the end of the day it might it might you might make it for a minute but it's not going to last like because at the end of the day people see through that you know and you and at the end of the day you get burned out and you end up in rehab and you end up going down this path that's not where you want to go you know and i just think it's so silly like nobody's performing miracles we're not you know solving world crises crises we're not performing surgery it's art you know it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to you're supposed to enjoy it and and you know you got to do whatever you can to make sure that that is happening yeah you told one of my colleagues uh in, with your previous label I, I i really almost quit like three times you said i was just like you know there's a lot of sacrifice going on here and not a lot of happiness that doesn't make it worth it as a human forget being an artist or anything else i mean i mean it's no secret like you clashed with Clive, you clashed with the label, they wanted things that you didn't want. But what drove you to the point of nearly quitting? Like, what, how did it get to that point? I mean, honestly, it's exactly what I said. Like, it's, it's, it's anyone, not even just this job and being in the limelight and being like a pop star. It's anyone in any job, you know, any vocation in life. If all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I am miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm miserable. Like, this is not what I wanted to do with my life. Like, this is not what I feel like I was supposed to do with my life, you know, like there, I'm not enjoyable to be around with just myself. Like I was unhappy and, and it, and it just, I don't know. I just, like I said, life is so short and, and it's like, why would you waste it constantly shadow boxing? Like, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that's not, that's not a way you should live your life. And, you know, and I was in a, you know, I, I'm, I own it, you know, I signed a deal and, um, before, you know, auditioning for Idol, and that's what you had to do, and and uh, and that's, you know, what happened. I did my very best, and I think we did a good job. We were all successful, um, you know, and I, I did my very best at compromising and and um, and trying to be a team player, but also while holding on to the fact that I'm singing these for the rest of my life, you know, these <laughs> songs, and this is my, my likeness and my face, and, and me, you know, those people aren't in 
Kelly Clarkson for the long haul. They're in for whatever's hitting at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's and, and, and I'm not saying all of those people. I worked with some really cool people at RCA. Um, Pete Edge being one of them, who was my last label head there. Um, you know, um, but at that point, I was really needing to make a difference. Um, sorry, um, <laughs> forgot to turn off my phone, rude. Um, but, you know, at that at that point, I was already... Well, for lack of a better word, I was already gone. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It was just it was time for me to kind of make a, a, a change for me, and um, and and I knew it. And I did work with some lovely people there, especially from start to finish. The, I call them the worker bees um, that would work my projects, you know, and and really do the ground, you know, the groundwork, and and really are one of the main reasons why I'm successful. So I'm very appreciative of that. And I and it wasn't all bad. It sure. was just at the end of the day, it's just it shouldn't be that hard. I know that things worth having are worth working for, but there's a difference between working hard and and legitimately like feeling like your soul is crawling every minute of the day just trying to make it to the next, you know, at point A to point B like you know, and 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 not wanting to sound miserable in interviews and having to put a face on mm. and you know, and not wanting to ruin a you know, uh, a moment for fans just because you're miserable, you know, so you have to, you have to just paint on a face so you don't ruin their day because yours is, you know, and, and you want everybody to have a a great experience. And at the end of the day, I wasn't. And so, um, you know, I, I, I made the decision once I was, I was able, um, I did my best, you know, and, um, and I, I feel everyone did in that environment. Um, and like I said, we were successful, but at the end of the day, you know, successful doesn't mean happy. And and now it, it does in my life, you know. We are successful. We are doing really well as a whole team and a whole unit, you know, be it my management, my label, my glam squad, my, you know, everything. Like everything, my band, like every everything is hitting on all cylinders. And it And I guess that's what I say to my team, too, is like this can happen. It just takes a minute to pick the weeds and find the flowers and keep them, you know, and, and and it can happen. It's not that it's not possible. It's just you can't be the person that's like fame can't be your top priority. You know, if it is, you're going to lose. Mm. You know, it's not you're going to be unhappy. When you have songs like My Life Would Suck Without You, Since You've Been Gone, and, and Dr. Luke, who you, you don't, you hate, <laughs> I mean, made it pretty clear, was oh, involved. don't barbecue. But you, you still perform those songs, so how does, I mean, it's not uncommon, people have collaborators who they can't stand and stuff, but how does that, how does that not taint, you know, the, the performance and memories of the songs when you, when you dig into them, or how does that work for you? Well, I've never recorded a song that I didn't feel... Uh, and on, that's on, honestly, I've never recorded a song I don't feel I could relate to in some sense, like, re, you know, make work in my world, because I don't believe in that. Um, and that's why I've really pissed some people off, because there have been some real doozies sent my way that I was like, no. And then, you know, my project gets sat on, but whatever. Um, but, you know, with those songs, you know, I I altered, you know, one of those quite a bit, um, personally, to make it work for me. Um I am a fan of Claude Kelly, who is another writer on My Life Would Suck. Um, and Max Martin and I, we get along fine, um, you know, with Since You've Been Gone. And, and he was the main, those were the two main people actually working the board, like talking to me, um, you know, while in the studio. So, um, you know, it's no secret, you know, I'm not a fan of Dr. Luke, but that's not to say that he's not talented. And that's not to say that I can't try and turn a negative into a positive. Um, and I think that's what you do. I think that's what everyone does. 
you put your, you know, your big girl pants on and you go, okay, this is a situation. How do I make the best of this? Um, you know, and, 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 in regards to the, the, the suck song, um, you know, at some point I'm not just looking out for myself. I'm looking out for my crew, my band, everybody that works under the umbrella of Kelly Clarkson. And, you know, sometimes you make decisions not for yourself, but for others and you make it work to where it, you know, you don't feel like you're selling yourself out by any means, but, but you make a situation work because you go, okay, so I know that this is going to get sat on if I don't do, I mean, I'm told basically <laughs> this is going to get sat on. Right. That was and, the quote unquote um, blackmail, right? They were like, if you don't work with this dude, we're not going to. Oh my out, God. Yeah. There's not just yeah. one song that yeah. that happened. With, oh God. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, <laughs> but I'm really good at making the best <laughs> out of something that's not great. So, <laughs> in a situation, that's what I mean. So, um, you know, I'm a positive person in general. I don't think that's a secret. I mean, I'm a bubbly human. I try and make the best of it. But, um, but you know, in that situation, I, I you know, my manager, um, I'm not going to lie, I was totally bawling on the phone with my manager at the mm-hmm. time going, I'm just, I can't believe that, you know, I, I asked not to work with one person and, and we can't make this happen, like, so many records later. Like, I can't. I just can't believe it out of all the writers in the world. Like, and you know, um, you're, you're, you're essentially powerless. Um, unless you say you like I had before, no, I'm not going to do this. And then they sit on your record, your tour suffers, your cells suffer. Everyone suffers because of me, because of, right. you know what I'm saying? Because of my decision. So, you know, and I noticed that the last record and they knew that they knew they had that kind of power and, and they expressed it. And, um, you know, I I felt and heard it, and and um, you know, so with this one, um, I compromised. I got them to compromise, and I got to change that song for how I wanted it to sound and the lyrics, and and do what I wanted, and and I, I made it work, and you know, and then everybody thrived because I I really did um, do my best, you know, at, at trying, and um, and that's in any job, you know, a lot of people that have people working under them as well, in any job, you know. You can't always just think of yourself in those scenarios. You have to think about everyone else that will be affected by your decision mm. while balancing the fact that you do not want to let yourself, you know, piece of yourself go just because that you know, you can't you can't you can't compromise so much to where, you know, you feel like you've lost a part of yourself. It's a very hard line sometimes to balance when you're in a situation like that. Totally. And I promise we'll move on to letter subjects in a moment. But two things strike me. I mean, the bravery of you being this, you know, very young woman, uh, probably sitting in a boardroom full of dudes telling them that you would not go in the direction they're demanding from the very beginning. And, you know, also just the the sort of the, the gender aspect of it that people weren't talking about as much then. And, and maybe people are looking at now. And I'm just curious how all that looks to you now is oh is a, yeah you know? no it's definitely happening um yeah i was shoved magazines of girls naked with guitars <laughs> and telling me that's what i'm competing with and i was like i'm i'm not competing with it. i was like what <laughs> i was like i don't know who is but i'm not that i'm not competing with it i don't feel like i'm competing with that like you know and um and i was definitely it was always like the sexier songs like and they were just not even good, sexy songs. But like, <laughs> but it was always like that, you know, trying to make, you know, because that sells. Like, let's be real. Like that's you know, and and I'm and I would I would look people straight in the face and go, look, I hear you, and I realize, like, even historically speaking, yes, sexier sells. But like, I feel that there's a way you can be sexy 
and not have to do this because that's this person likes doing this. That's that's who they are. Like they're comfortable. Like, but that's not comfortable for that's not every female doesn't want to be naked with instruments <laughs> around them. Like it's not that's not that would be like saying every man loves to play football. Like every you know every, every man lo- is a jock. Like every man is a you know what I'm saying. Like it's like every there's different kinds of people you know, um, and and that was that was a big part of it. Um, you know, especially when I first started, it was like, wait, what? And I was like, did you even watch me on TV? Like, I'm the girl that didn't wear makeup, like, <laughs> unless I was on stage. Like, I'm the girl that, like, you know, I, uh, this isn't, and I feel like I am a sexy woman, like, but I don't think I have to do certain things in order to achieve that. Like, you know, and it's, I think that there's all kinds to all people, you know, like, some people love doing that, and that's who they are. They, it's almost a part of their, character and their personality and and i applaud that you should be that if that's you but um but no all that stuff was shoved in my face nonstop. um Mm. and i i would just laugh honestly which probably pissed them off but i was like i mean even if i wanted to do that just to sell records like i couldn't i couldn't do it like i wouldn't it would be transparent that i was not being me Mm. you know what i'm saying like there's a way to to but i think for females specifically you know, they do push that, you know, and, um, and even for guys, I'll say that for guys too, that I know in the industry, you know, they're like, Oh, we want your shirt off and show your ass. And it's like, what? Like, they're, you know, they're like, I don't want to do that. I feel like I should have a puka shell necklace on and on the beach and some tool. Like, it's like, what? Like, that's not my vibe. Like, you know, so they try and do it with, for, with everyone, but I will say it's obviously pushed a lot more on the, the female gender, but, um, but, you know, I mean, I've probably pissed more people off for that, too. But, you know, I have a, I have a, a, a niche for doing that. So. Hey, you're listening to Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm Brian Hyatt, and that's me and Kelly Clarkson. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Right now, I'm about to ask Kelly about her very first audition for American Idol and what she remembers about that. So let's hear what she had to say. I watched your initial televised audition from Dallas, uh, an American Idol. I just rewatched it for the first time in years. You sang At Last, and you said, I was so happy because the British man didn't make me cry. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because everybody was walking out crying. What and you, I was like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> like, and, they, and they were like, there's this British man, and he's awful. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of nice to see, though, it prepped you. Like, they'd all leave, like, bawling, and you're like, well, okay. Damn. Oh, so it was a hard, hard room. <laughs> what, do you, what do you remember about walking in that room? Because you did seem 
first of all, you seem so confident. Second of all, watching it, it's like, God, there wasn't a chance on earth you weren't going to make it on that show. Well, I mean, well, here's the thing. Nobody knew, you know, what we were doing, really. Like, nobody knew the gravity of the situation, obviously, at that, at that point. And honestly, my place had just burned down in L.A. I'd just literally driven home, had lived in my car for three days, mm. and literally had made that outfit I was wearing. So, um, so I, I mean, you know, I think... The only reason why I was probably confident is because I had nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, you walk in a room, and I think that's almost helpful in a sense. You know, think of the artists that you love and adored, and if you hear their stories, they're probably not easy upbringings, you know. Um, a lot of those people had to work for everything they got, and um, that was definitely me. Um, and, you know, it, and I, I know people see it as, oh, she auditioned, it was so easy to get in the door. And I was like, well, there was life before that show. <laughs> like, I, I went to many auditions. I sang backgrounds for people. I lived in L.A. I, you know, I did, I did things, you know, before that. Um, uh, but, you know, and it, I think I walked into the room just going, well, here goes nothing. And then, you know, I went to work right after hmm. um, and I just got my job back. So I didn't think it would amount to anything. I just thought I might get paid, you know, and I <laughs> needed money. And, you know, this was a gift that I had to really make money on. So um, I think that that really helped the fact that I had nothing to lose. You've been, I was going to say threatening, but that's not the right word. You've been promising to make a, a country album for a long time. And I think you actually have started on it. So w what's going on with that? Is that, are we going to get to hear that? Well, it's one of those things like I, I think I'm very particular about it. Like I started it and even like I have a, a couple friends that are just amazing songwriters that have, I've known before they even, you know, became huge country music songwriters, but like they're just, we've always clicked, but it's like. I really want to make, I'm, I'm kind, I, can, I kind of keep changing my idea of, on what I want it to sound like because I have so many different influences, even in the country world, um, you know, and I like singer-songwriters like Patty Griffin and Alison Krauss and like what Robert Plant did with um, Shifting Sands, like, hmm. um, or wait, Raising Sand? Raising Sand, yeah. Raising Sands. Um, I just changed their album title. <laughs> um, you know, but I love that album. I love, I just, and I love the old school, like, Trisha Yearwood stuff. Like, I, you know, and I, there's just, uh, you know, the Emmylou Dolly thing that they did with Linda Ronstadt. I, I kind of have all these ideas, and I just really haven't nailed down exactly what I want to do, and that's why it's taking so long. Because um, I feel like, you know, I'm... I'm Texan, I grew up, like, in it, you know, like, and especially Texas country, you know, the pack green stuff, like, and, you know, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, all that Texas sound of country, mm -hmm. too, like, I, I just really want to do right by it, like, so I, I keep changing my mind, <laughs> and, like, and we never, we never, we haven't, we haven't recorded something that is, you know, when I made Meaning of Life, it was exactly what I wanted, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like, it was exactly the sound that I wanted, all these influences that inspired me to be a singer, like these R&B kind of soulful singers um, that did that for me in this genre. And I just have not nailed that down. Um, with country, with yeah. country, like singer, songwriter, soulful kind of vibe. And, um, and until I do that, I don't really want to mess around with it. I want to come out with like the strongest project ever. Um, <laughs> so I will do it. And that's why I'm, you know, threatening. <laughs> it. Um, but I, I just really, you know, not only me, even my friends in country music, like they're like, I just want, we want to make sure this is perfect. You know, like when it comes out, it's like perfectly me. And, and, um, and I don't want to chase anything, you know? And, uh, so I think that's why I'm taking my time with it. And I feel like, 
you know, I have the time, so why not? I really love the song Cruel on, on your new album. What do you remember about that one coming Good. Together? I love that you picked that one. Am I supposed to close my eyes and fall asleep when you're not home? Because I want to believe you, but I wonder if you're alone. love that song. I love, one, how Jason Halbert, who produced that record, I love how he records my voice. Um, hmm. it's, he's, he's probably one of my favorites that... Um, um, re- records my voice. He just really, it sounds like how I sound on tour and it's, um, he does little to it, but he does just enough to where it's just like, oh, but, um, I love, I love the vibe of the song. It reminded me of like those nineties R and B songs, you know, like Tony Braxton, you'll <laughs> see like, you know, all that, you know, um, that vibe, um, that I, that I loved, you know, was a total all skate at the skating rink. <laughs> like, you know, I, I love that whole vibe. And that's actually cruel was the second song we recorded for the album. Hmm. It was meaning of life and then cruel. And those were our, that, those were our two songs that kind of set the bar and tone for the entire album. There's a song called medicine on the new album. Let's hear that song. So I can't even decide whether it's Janet or Michael or both Jackson feel. Were those artists you were thinking of with that one? You know what? It was actually, um, it, uh, Janet is one that I loved. So yes, that was an influence, but it was actually kind of, we were trying to create this modern pop, um, you know, soulful pop, like Mariah Whitney, like, you know, how ah. they almost did like with their up-tempo songs. But yes, I am a huge I was I was honestly more of a Janet fan than I was Michael. I know that's absurd to everyone, no. but um, maybe it's because I'm a female singer. I don't know. I gravitate towards them. Um, but I just I loved her whole. I mean, God, Rhythm Nation. Like even her ballads were just so beautiful. I love Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are like you know two of the most amazing producers. So um, you know it was just it was I, I was more of a Janet fan. I would say, um, but but yeah, no, all that that whole like '90s. Um, just how the the vibe of the track sounds like but we obviously tried to contemporize it so um but i will say that it was kind of a more whitney mariah thing too with that whole like you know uh, uh, that's like mm-hmm. totally whitney like so and then the ooh, ooh, you mm-hmm. know like with the um the mariah kind of emotions vibe coming in there so um they were kind of you know we pulled from all different kind of 90s um r&b pop soulful kind of vibe so ever since the beginning We've heard Aretha Franklin's name in sort of a breath with yours. It was even mentioned in, in the context of this album. Uh, Aretha is such a major figure in American music, and she also is, you know, she can be tough on, on young singers. Uh, you know, the, yeah. they'll, ask, they'll ask her about them, and she'll be like, you know, I love their gowns, you know. But but on, on, a, on a sort I of... I totally <laughs> saw that interview. <laughs> nice gowns, nice gowns. <laughs> but, I, but on the she sort of... She can throw shade like a queen. <laughs> For amazing. sure. I mean, I love the fact that she's not trying to be mean, though, and she's trying to be honest. She has no way of, like, she's like, I'm not going to lie, like, you know? <laughs> but on, like, the deepest level... What have you learned from her, and what do you continue to learn from her, but musically and just yeah, and, and even the, the, from the way she carries herself as well. I mean, I think I mean specifically her. Um, you know, there are some other singers uh, of that generation that I, I love too, like Etta and um, I mean yeah, Ella Fitzgerald. I, I loved a lot of different styles of music, but I will say Aretha stood out for me because there are certain people that come along. Um, Annie Lennox is one for me. Um, they, they come along and. You hear them sing, and it's almost as if they don't need words. 
You know, mm. like everything, the sound, the tone, the the ache, like in their voice. Um, I mean, it sounds really dramatic, but I've always been that kid that's like kind of had a lot of depth, and maybe it's because I went through a few things like going growing up. But like, I really, I fed on that. Like, I loved listening to her sing, and it was like I didn't even care what she was saying. It was like. It was just, but when she was, you know, Ain't No Way, like all those songs, like it was just like, it was like a conversation. It was such a story, but it was like her her tone and her voice was just almost its own story without words. And I think that there's very few singers um, like that. Like I'm not one of those singers. I mean, I wish I were, but mm. like I'm, you know, there's very few singers that have that vibe. You know, Bonnie Raitt, like there's very few singers that, that really possess that 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 thing you know that that really you have to stop and like you feel it deep inside and and it's really about a feeling it's not even the fact that she's i mean she is a flawless vocalist you know like even those records like you know then an auto tune then you know she's that was all <laughs> feeling and when it was slightly off key it was perfect you know yeah. it, was, it was heartfelt and and um and i think that that's before anything and that's like even what people ask me like what i turn for on the voice like what i turn my chair for more than anything above pitch, like above all of it, I listen for believability. I listen for the fact that you're singing a message and you're not just trying to technically be perfect and nail something and sound perfect. You're you're feeling the song, and I think that that's missing because we are an auto-tune age, you know? We yeah. are, we are. everybody wants everything to sound perfect, and, and um, you know, we kept a lot of stuff on this record that was slightly pitchy, and we did it on purpose. And, um, you know, there's a time when it's cool and useful, but... Um, there's a time when it's, uh, you know, awesome to just feel the song and maybe it wasn't the perfect, you know, flawless take technically, but it was the perfect take, you know, feeling wise. And, and I think that that's what a lot of us learn from people like Aretha. And I think that's why she is, you know, one of America's greatest singers of all time, um, because of that. Um, it wasn't overthought. It was just a feeling. And I think that that's, you know, me in the beginning, especially, like, I listen to, like, me recording records or me touring, like, you know, my musical director show me, like, throwback stuff to, like, prepare for something if we're having to sing a song, you know, from, from like, 14 years ago or something, and, and I'd sing it a while, and it's interesting to know, to, to hear the difference of even myself, like, you know, like, you, it was good, but it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great, you know, mm. and it, and it, and I feel like now when I sing, like, you know, even on the Today Show, I had to perform the Today Show. Nobody likes to perform at that ungodly <laughs> hour, you know, especially if you're performing a huge ballad that's really rangy. Um, but I even go into it with a different mindset. I go into it with, like, well, it's a morning show, so let's own that and <laughs> just sing the song how you're going to sing the song in the morning. And, this, you know, I warm up and I do everything I, I can do to, to sound great. But at the end of the day, you're going to get what's emotionally there, at eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like, you know, and, and I don't worry about the technicality of it anymore. And it's hard, it was hard for me to, to make that move because I grew up singing classical stuff, you know, to prepare for hopefully getting a scholarship for college, which I did. I just didn't use, but, um, but you know, it, I, I, I sang a lot of classical stuff. You had to be perfect. You had to be flawless. Um, cause that's what you're judged on. And, um, and it took a while for me to get over that, um, and uh, you know, it takes a while for you to get out of your own way, I, I guess, with everyone. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's what I learned from her is just to be real and raw and in the moment, and it doesn't have to be 
anything other than that, you know? Absolutely. And I'm going to let you go in a, in a minute. I just have two more questions, if you don't mind. First of all, you, you recently you did a Facebook Live where you watched your debut on The Voice, and people noticed that there was a... <laughs> which was really funny and really fun. But among the, the revelations was that behind you was a giant Meryl Streep cutout. So, oh my God, I love her. Yeah, how did that end up there, and what does she mean to you? Well, okay, so we started this website thing, and like everybody's been asking me to do social media stuff, and I'm just like, oh, my God, it's... I'm. I just kind of feel like there's a lot to keep up with. Like, it's like, and we're always everywhere. We're always present. And so I was trying to find a way to do something that was fun for me and, like, you know, a little self-deprecating and a little, like, you know, just like more of a fun situation than just me, like, taking vain pictures of myself and posting them constantly. (laughs) You know, I just, I'm over it. So um, it's, I get it. Like, people want it a bit, and it makes them feel like they're a part of your world. I get it. It's not that I'm trying to not be vulnerable, it's just I was trying to find a fun way to do it. Um, and so I came up with this webisode idea. And then right before we were about to do the Golden Globes, I thought, oh, what if my first webisode was about meeting Meryl possibly? Because I'm, a, I mean, since I was a kid, like I'm literally like been a huge fan. Um, as we all are. That's not anything unique, obviously. Um, but anyway, so I thought, you know, I'd just make this funny up, you know, webisode. Like obviously knowing I was not going to meet Meryl Streep. Like I didn't think that would happen. <laughs> And because, you know, there, first of all, she was in, like, the the famous section. I was, like, in the minion section. <laughs> like, you know saying? We're, like, one level up. Like, we're, like, not, we're not even near her, you know. I thought I'd get to see her from the stage while I was presenting, you know, an award or something, but not meet her. And so it was kind of a joke, you know. And then it turned into I actually got to meet her. So then that was the second one. And I got to meet Steve Carell, which was rad. He was so awesome. Um, and then it kind of became this joke because my agency, like, it went viral and everybody was, like, oh, my God, she's such a nerd, like, how she freaked out. And I've never, I've met so many people, I've never freaked out like that. I was a complete tool. I own it. She's totally scared of me. I would be, too. (laughs) Um, But anyway, my agency, as a joke, sent me this, you know, cardboard, like, stand-up thing of her. And I, it's literally the funniest gift I've ever received. So then I thought it would be funny to just, like, have her as my co-host. So, like, she's my co-host for my webisodes. <laughs> she's been in every one of them. Um, except for the first two, I was obviously talking about her. But um, but anyway, so now she's just this thing we just, like, have. And now we're, we're thinking we're going to paper doll her. You know, like, old-school paper dolls. We're just going to, like, <laughs> put things on her and, like, sayings and stuff. Like, sometimes it'll be different. But um, but really, it's, just, like, a joke at this point. Like, um, But we do travel with her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just in case I do a webisode. So, but the webisode thing was really created because I was trying to find a compromise of like, I mean, people are always on me about you're not active enough on social media, and I'm like, because I'm, it's so vain. There's just too much. It's like, it's it's just a lot of, you know, who cares what my coffee looks like and who cares <laughs> what I'm doing this morning, like you know. And I get it that people do, but I just rather do it in like a fun way for me, selfishly. Totally. So. So, yeah, so, you know, they're just random webisodes. We started off A Minute and a Glass of Wine, which is like a song that hasn't been released yet, but A Minute, the intro, has been on the album. Right. But um, but it was just kind of a fun thing to do. But, yeah, I am obsessed with Meryl Streep. So. <laughs> you, you <laughs> but I think we all are. I'm not weird about that. <laughs> you also met Steve Carell, which people were, exci- were psyched about, given his uh, famous uh, Kelly Clarkson yeah. exclamation. I think we were both excited to meet each other because we'd never met each other. We'd never been in the vicinity of each other. So um, that was really rad for both of us, I think, too, because it was obviously ended up being this big 
<laughs> moment in pop culture that was, you know, no, unbeknownst to both of us. We didn't know that was going to happen. So, um, but it's cool. It was like a really, it was an awesome thing because one, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, I mean, not only, you know, he's hilarious, but he, he's a serious actor as well. He's really good. And, and, um, and he's a really solid stand-up dude, which is like, you don't always meet that, you know? And his wife was lovely. It was just cool. Like, sometimes you don't, you know, you meet people and you're like, ugh, what a letdown, you know? And then you, it's awesome when you meet people you really do adore and, and then they happen to be rad as well. So you finally, you've made an album that you're really happy with and you're on a new label and you're back on TV. Do you, have you started to think about, you know, man, what are the next five, ten years of your career going to look like, you know, along with, you know, <laughs> raising your kids and all the other stuff you're doing? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my husband and I talk about it a lot because, um, you know, I love touring um, and I've loved, you know, even being part of The Voice. You know, this season has been so fun to shoot so far. Um I think really our decisions are based upon our family. Um, you know, it's easy to take them on the road. It's cool. Um, so we don't. We're always going to tour, probably, and and um, and it's fun to make. You know, create albums, and who knows what project you know will sound like next. And and it's fun to have a team that's excited about that. But um, but it you know it it really does. And at the end of the day. Um, it's not that my career is on the back burner. It's just that it's, you know, on the side burner, like with my family, <laughs> like, you know, and I, I just want to make sure like I'm a present mom, totally. you know, and I, and yeah, and I, I have abandonment issues, so I definitely don't want to pass those on. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just want to make sure like we're looking out for our kids and also looking out for others. I think like what's cool about the past year is everybody in the industry, a lot of stuff's been going on and it's, and I think it's raising the awareness of, like, looking out for everyone, you know. Um, and I will say, like, the first 10 years of my career, I was very, like, I was in survival mode. Like, you know, I was like, I got it. What what will get me through the next day, you mm. know? It's, I'm, you know, and, and, and now that I'm not, um, I really, you know, it's opened up my eyes to, you know, form relationships with other artists and other people, like, to make sure we're looking out for each other and, and um and, and being there because it's a you know it's like or, you know you with your friends and your journalist friends like looking out for each other in a sense of like you know saying when you've had a, a crap day or owning the fact that you're not perfect or owning the fact when you messed up and 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 being held accountable you know like other people in the world will not be um you know so it's i just think it's a year of really being self-aware of and and, and or aware of that society you know with society of you know just realizing we're all doing our best and we're we're trying and you know we're all going to fail we're all going to mess up and it's okay and and um and you know do better next time and i think i think that's kind of where i'm at um um uh, in my career like looking at other artists that i meet and you know younger artists and saying you know don't put too much pressure on it we're not we're not curing cancer you mm. know <laughs> we're we're it's supposed to be fun um don't put all your eggs in the fame basket that's fleeting you know, so, um, you know, I don't know. I I think it's about family and, and just connection at this point. And maybe that's because I'm, you know, uh, you know, older than I was. You know, I'm not 19 anymore. I'm 35. And, and priorities change and you, your eyes are opened up to <laughs> more than yourself. <laughs> that's still super young, by the way. And my last, yeah. <laughs> my, my last, my last, last question is, have your kids learned about from Justin to Kelly yet? 
Oh, God, no. I'm, like, literally, my nanny, it's, like, one of her favorite movies, and I'm, like, I swear to God, I'll fire you. (laughs) I was, like, come on. I was, like, contractually obligated. I didn't want to do it. Do not show my children until they must see it. Um, It's just something that I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm, like, mad about it. It's just not something I wanted to do, you know? So I'm like, oh, I want my kids to see me doing things I love and, like, being good at it. <laughs> um, so I'm sure they'll see it. I'm sure my – our older two have seen it. Ah, see? Okay. Um, so, yeah, our older two have seen it. But uh, but they uh, they um, they have to love me, so, you know, <laughs> even if they see it. <laughs> um, but, no, it's I'm, I'm trying to hold that off for as long as possible. I show her cool stuff. Right. Like, you know. Jurassic Park and Harry Potter. 2005 <laughs> like, VMAs. Please. Come on, you, you, you got to show that. That would be amazing. But <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Really appreciate it. You, man. You've been listening to Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm Brian Hyatt. That was me and Kelly Clarkson. That's it for today. We'll be back next week here on Sirius XM's volume, channel 106, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time next Friday. In the meantime, we are a podcast. You can download us as a podcast, subscribe to us as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe leave us a nice review if you can, especially on iTunes. And we will see you next week. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.